Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmentier. And here's what we've got going on today. We are going to talk first with Web School girls basketball coach Matt Shoemake. His team is having another great season here after winning the last two uh, state titles in their classification the last couple of years. We're also going, going to kind of wrap up some items from signing day last week. Some of that was delayed by snow and ice, so we're going to wrap that up. And then also just provide an area basketball update, look at some of the turnaround teams uh, and just some of the other things going on in, in the world of hoops. And then as long as there's enough time at the end, we're going to uh, – Tyler's got a, a fun story about a shot clock situation that happened out in Ho- Oklahoma that is um, you know, obvious, always a pressing topic here too as Tennessee does not have a shot clock yet in high school basketball. But before we get to all that, we are want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. And let's go ahead and jump right right in now to our interview with Web School girls basketball coach Matt Shoemake. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, for having us. Glad to be here. So, Matt, when you took the job at Web School three years ago now, I mean, did you envision that the program could become as successful as you guys are now with, with two state titles in hand and uh, gunning for a third? Um, well, funny story, uh, you know, I, I told them in the interview process that um, that it, it would happen. We'd do that in year one, and they thought I was they thought I was crazy. Um, but uh, I just kind of had a a chance to. I've, I've known about the web school and just kind of the, the setup and kind of what what they offer as far as academics and you know how appealing that is to to people to want to be a part of. And I just knew what it could what it could grow into. And now you're at the point, Matt, uh, you know, you went to the Geico uh, girls basketball invitational and, and you beat Max Preps as number six team in the nation, La Jolla Country Day, and then nearly knocked off number two Sidwell. Uh, not every team, even if even if they're built like yours, really gets those opportunities to go play the nation's best. What did you learn about your team in that experience? Oh, I mean, you know, just uh, that we can compete with anybody in the country that we're one of the best, you know, 10 teams in the country. Um, and obviously you got to, you got to play well on, on that night. Uh, Sid will play better than we did, um, you know, just for a little bit longer, I guess. Um, but you know, we were able to compete with anybody in the country, um, Tennessee as well. So we just got a lot of, you feel good about yourself when you can go and, and display that kind of, performance on that kind of stage and that geico tournament was obviously a big highlight of the schedule but you guys um have played quite a bit of -of out-of-state competition you know up and down the the entire year um how has that been beneficial to go on the road especially and seek out those challenges from from these kind of household names in girls basketball across across the country well i mean i i mean you 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 are who you play uh to some some degree and you know, we wanted to try to challenge ourselves and be the best that, that we could could be. And the only way to do that is by playing the best that you can play. Um, you know, it's hard for us to get games in the state of Tennessee um, for whatever reason. But, you know, um, my mentor, Rick Ensel, told me to play the very best. And so that's what we've we've gone to do. We've we played TOC last year and in and, and Phoenix in the top division. You know, a lot of people go to TOC, but, you know, to be in that top – that top bracket is a, is a big, big deal and a big difference as far as the competition goes. And we competed there. Um, and then, 
you know, kind of this this year, we've played the best teams on their home floors. We played Sidwell at their place. We played Montverde at their place. Um, you know, that's it's it's a hard hard environment to play in, but it, I think as far as it prepares these girls for for the next level or for even the state tournament, I mean, there's no better level and better stage for them to play on. And Matt, uh, Aliyah Del Rosario, for those who don't know, a six-five post player for you who's committed to LSU. That's such a rare uh, talent, I guess, or um, player to have. Really, if you're looking at the boys or girls game, just to have that big traditional type center. Uh, she's a McDonald's All-American, a, a U.S. national team member. Uh, having a player of her caliber in high school, what's it been like to coach her and, and chart her improvement? Yeah, um, I've I've said it many times. I mean, she's generational uh, as far as her talent goes. I mean, she's she's every inch, of, every bit of six six, um, and you know, just has phenomenal hands, great feet, um, and, a, and a nice touch. And as far as her and, and what takes her to another level, she's a great passer. Um, you know, she's shooting almost sixty percent from the floor for the season, and then she can and she's also averaging almost two assists a game, which is unreal for for post players so she's just doing a really nice job and it's just been it's been a blessing to have her she's a great great kid uh her smile and her hugs just light up the room matt you mentioned at the top of our interview here that you were kind of uh attracted to the to the setup there at web i know it's a unique one with with the boarding and and the day school aspect and then also the demanding academics uh as well and so your roster has some local players, some players from other areas of the countries, some players even from other countries. I guess, could you give us a little bit uh, of a glimpse into what daily life looks like for your players, uh, you know, especially the ones that actually reside at the school? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the cool thing about this is um, it's a snapshot into the real world. Um, in rural Bedford County, Tennessee, um, you know, the, 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 the landscape of, of, of people um, might look exactly like you and I, but that's not really what the metropolitan world is that we, that we, we reside in as far as getting jobs in, in, in Nashville or New York or L.A. or the rest of the, the global world. So here um, they, they get a piece of that diversity on a real level. Kids from – they go to school with kids from, I think – you know, 80 something kids from, from 20 countries. Um, you know, they have kids from, from, from Asia, from, um, the Caribbean, Europe, you know, literally all over the world. And that's, and that's what, um, I think is special about what we're doing here and about what our, the mission of our school is. It's not just to, to make everybody super comfortable all the time, but learning about somebody else's uh, culture and, and life. And, um, you know, that's what we really take pride in here is that these kids just really learn to love people that are different than them and, and understand people that are different than them. And how special that that actually is, is a skill for life in the 21st century. Matt, I, I really enjoyed last year at the state tournament talking to your players after, after those games there. Um, it's a, it, it struck me as a humble group, despite what, is a, just a super talented group. I believe top to bottom, your roster has six power five players, uh, give or take. Um, 
I guess the question I have for you is sometimes spreading the ball around and keep people happy is challenging when the talent pool is that big. How has the team managed uh, having so many talented players and uh, figured out a way to share the ball and uh, keep everybody, you know, uh, I guess, happy with their role? Well, you know, happy is relative, right? Um, so the, the, the one, I mean, everybody's got their own culture mantras that they, that they spout out. We over me and all, I mean, everybody's got their own things, but it's different to have people that actually want that. We've had eight, uh, maybe nine different leading scorers this year on our team. Um, that's, that's unreal. We, we assist on maybe somewhere upward of 75% of our field goals. You know, we, we played a team the other night. They had two assists on their field goals for their whole night. I mean, it, I mean, it's like, who would want to play like that? Um, and when we were ever in 75% of our field goals, if we score 20, we got 15 assists. Um, Angelica Velez had 20 assists alone in a game against Arlington. Um, you know, they love to share it. They love to play the right way. Um, and, and they just really, they love each other and they have a respect for each other. I'm sure they're not all the best friends, right? I'm sure everybody's not, you know, going out and, and uh, you know, going to lunch every day together, even though most of them do sit together, but, you know, they just respect each other, respect each other's games. And they, they, they just want to just win. And whatever that takes, if that's, if that's Aliyah having 40, or for that, if that's Dasha Bjerg, uh, who's a sophomore, you know, she had 20 in one quarter. They just kept throwing her the ball um, against Arlington. They just, better she just kept knocking down shots so I mean, they don't they don't have an ego they just want to win and they want to win the right way matt you noted earlier that the the web administration may have thought you were uh uh maybe out over, over your skis and wanting to win a state title in that first season but you guys were able to do that and then followed it up with a repeat last year and certainly appears that you guys are right in the mix uh this season what do you hope the future looks like for web, web school girls basketball? And do you guys have any, you know, long-term goals that you're striving for, for, you know, what you'd like to see this program become? Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the, uh, if you build it, they'll come. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people have their own opinions of how this happened. Um, but it's whoever has shown up, we've coached them and, and, and loved on them. And they've attracted more people to want to be a part of web the, these kids have. I mean, they, they have built a name for web uh, in, a, in a girls basketball world and national scene um, that I can't take credit for. It's these kids and what they've done and their talents. Uh, and so people notice people notice from from California to to uh, to D.C., you know, from New York to, to LA that they're what the web school is and how, and what the name is. And so who knows what that looks like? Um, you know, I, but I do think that the group, at least that we return next year is, is a really special group too. Um, you know, and we're going to continue to try to be the very best that, that we can be every single year. I'm going to continue to pour what I got into them, our staff. I mean, Tia Stovall, Consuelo Johnson and Darvin Gill are just, fantastic um i don't know of another uh, high school staff that's got the uh the, the coaching talent that we have here it's it's pretty special they've all been either collegiate all-americans all-conference players or 
um, you know, coach college basketball before. So, you know, it's a free special group. So we're going to continue to just, just build and, and, um, and coach whatever, whatever's here. Matt, I've got a, I've actually got a couple more questions and then we're going to get you out of here. The first one being, you know, we, we've talked so much about how uh, you guys have been really good and played some out of state competition. You, you've also got, I, I think, three or four forfeits from teams here in Middle Tennessee. Are those teams uh, forfeiting for uh, other reasons or do, do they not want to play you guys? Um, yeah, I, I, I'll probably won't get too deep into what I really think about that. But I, I just, I just think, you know, on that, that note is we don't, we don't choose what district that we're in. We don't choose what classification that we're in. Um, we play whoever lines up in front of us. Uh, now we do get to go out and schedule the hardest teams and the best teams that we can play in the entire country. We do that. We do that willingly and gladly. Um, you know, one of the things that really, really kind of chaps me a little bit is like we had senior night on last Tuesday and, you know, team just calls us the, you know, a couple of days before and we're not coming, you know, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, you know, you know, we, and, and the other thing is Webb's been the senior night for, for people for 30 years. Um, they weren't very good and, and, you know, sometimes didn't have four or five players to play, you know, but they showed up and played. Uh, so I got to give a lot of credit to the people who were here before me to just teach the kids the right things about, Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to lace it up and be the very best we can be, whatever that is, give our very best. And I think they did that at Webb. Um, but that's pretty frustrating because uh, this is a great group of seniors. They're a really special group. I don't know that we'll see another team like this for a while. Um, um, maybe not at Webb, maybe not in Tennessee, to be frank. Um, but, you know, for people just to not show up or just to, to cancel for whatever reason, I, I think that's a little – sending the wrong message to your kids yeah it's it's, it's rare uh also it's not something you see very much uh, matt La- last thing we'll get you on your way um you know uh, mtcs is a team that shows up uh, that's they've played you closer uh than most uh, and they played you close in, in the finals last year the games this year have been played within 11 points which is, would be a victory for a lot of schools to play you i would imagine or a moral victory w- yeah. can you speak to maybe what challenges that that mts team presents you well obviously it's a rival game right so i mean they they uh they have a really good player um you know, and, and she has the ability to score the ball. So she, what she does is she makes you have to guard her. Um, so they do that. The other kids are, 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 you know, been really amped up. They played really well. I got to give credit to, to those kids. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it, it's to them, it's a rivalry game. So they're giving us their very, very best. And, and that's what it's all about. And that's the, you have to play the games to even have those games, right? To have the special night, you have to you have to show up and play, and they do that. So I got to give hat, my hats off to them for for doing that. Matt, that's all we've got for you today. So we appreciate you being here. Best of luck down the stretch, and we will be keeping close tabs as the uh, the postseason gets going here. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for what you're doing for girls basketball and, and sports all across the state. Thanks, Matt. Yes, sir. That has been Web School girls basketball coach Matt Shoemake. We appreciate his time today. We are going to take a quick break and then come back uh, and talk a little bit of signing day and talk a little bit of basketball. So stick around.
Just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It was just a few cocktails at happy hour. <laughs> you really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm gonna hang on, okay? We are back with more here on Main Street Preps this week. And Tyler, let's kick it off with a little bit of signing day talk, a little bit late. Um, signing day just seems like it lasts forever now, especially when you throw in a, a snow and ice storm. But quite a few names were able to find homes kind of here in the home stretch of, uh, of the recruiting cycle, especially on the FCS D2 kind of walk-on level. What, what stuck out to you about last week and, and how everything kind of came together for those remaining guys that were unsigned? Yeah, I guess it was maybe a little uh, anticlimactic. I mean, there nobody really, uh, to my knowledge, unless I'm forgetting somebody picked a school right on signing day. Uh, everybody committed a few days before, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of anybody who made a big unveiling or anything like that. So it's a little bit anticlimactic, and it's kind of frustrating for everybody when the weather didn't just delay it one day. It was like, you know, they tried to come back and do it Thursday. Then some tried to do it Friday and then some waited till the next week altogether. So that's always tough, but yeah, it was, a, it was a big day um, for everybody. I, I thought there were some, some good, uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll point out this one. I, nobody, I think Cortland Simmons from Davidson Academy, who's a really good running back. Trent Dilfer always spoke highly of him. Um, he was somebody we didn't really know what he was going to do until maybe a few days before. And then him going to Austin P to join Malachi Dowell. That's a great, what a, what a great freshman running back class for Austin P to grab those two guys who I think uh, are good enough to play at a, at a high level of football um, and probably could have if they, if they so chose, uh, there were a couple of routes that probably could have maybe got them there, or, you know, it, but what a, what a great pickup for them as a local team. It was a local college as a university to, to get those two guys. I know everybody in the area was really high on them as somebody, uh, guys who were just um, so solid, put up great performances every night, consistent. And then obviously what Malachi Dow did uh, his historic rushing season was well, well documented. So uh, I thought that was a great, a great two way steal for, for Austin P. And they also got Marquez Taylor from McKenzie, who is a, kind of fits the same mold as Dowell and Simmons. So they, yeah, they cleaned house in the uh, in this area of the state. And you got to think that has something to do too with them potentially moving up to FBS in a couple of years. Maybe that helped them sell some of those recruits that may have been on the fence. But some other guys that made decisions were Brian Longwell, Lipscomb Academy linebacker. He signed with Vanderbilt. Joe Crocker ended up at Louisville after initially. Uh, committing to Mississippi State last summer. Demetrius Bell, a McGavick receiver and really do-it-all athlete, uh, ended up with at Nebraska following uh, Hill, former Hillsboro players Jacob Hood and uh, Sincere Sifagula. So all of a sudden there's three local Nashville guys at uh, Nebraska, which I don't 
think it's been quite a while since Tennessee's even had anybody play for Nebraska. So that's kind of neat. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what stuck out about signing day, Tyler. Um, moving on to a little bit of a basketball update. I know there was some movement in the Fab 15 rankings. I believe Web School finally got the top spot there in the girls' rankings. And then uh, Green Hill moved up quite a bit in the, on the boys' side. Uh, I just wrote a piece that's out today. You can check out uh, this is Wednesday that we're recording uh, about turnaround teams in the area. And a couple of those I wanted to highlight were Antioch is having a great year. They um, they are closing in on 20 wins. They've got a really great uh, sophomore forward named Jaden Claybrook, who's averaging about 16 points a game. Um, good to see some another Metro program, Hillsboro, that's on the rise. Um, so there's go check that out. There's some teams that really have turned things around. Uh, Harpeth Hall on the girls' side is another one. There's there's some teams that struggled quite a bit last year that are now uh, poised for a lot better years and maybe even some postseason runs, depending on how depending on how things go in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's an impressive list that you put together. It's always amazing to look down the line here. I mean, Antioch, BGA, Hillsborough are all uh, – probably going to get to 20 wins Hillsborough and BGA are already there and neither none of those teams won more than nine games last year all of them had losing records look at NBA I know last year's 12 and 12 season was below kind of what their standard has become and now 20 and 3 10 and 1 in the middle region with a chance to uh to hand Brentwood Academy it's lone loss in that region on Friday uh I'm always just impressed to see teams that go from losing records to 20 wins I mean that's hard to do uh and and you've got a lot of them on this list and that's uh that's just always fun you know it's fun for the it's fun for the players and the program and as as you've got you know morale and culture and tradition you're trying to build and uh that's an exciting part of the year that sometimes gets overlooked because as the playoffs approach we're sort of focused on the favorites and uh, some of the teams that are we sort of just lock in to, to be in state tournament teams, but these are good stories too, just to be able to go from, you know, losing records to really when they get to the playoffs, they're going to give themselves a chance. I mean, they could be dark horse type teams in the playoffs too. Yeah. It's not the end all be all, but reaching that 20 win threshold, I does that. I do think that says something about the program. And um, especially if you're able to do that year in, year out, it's very tough to do as, as we've seen with, that was a good, pretty good list of teams that had either single digit or, or low teen uh, wins last year. Now they're at more closer to 20. So uh, really have to hand it to the teams that are somehow able to do the 20 win mark every year. And they, they are out there. Uh, I know station camp was one of them until last year, they kind of took a dip, but they're right back there at that 20 win mark again. So um, anyways, that, I think that's going to do it for our little uh, kind of odds and ends segment here, but we've got an interesting conversation that we want to get to before the show uh ends about shot clock and uh, tyler's got a a fun story to tell there so we're going to take another quick break and then come back with a quick conversation about uh shot clock and how that affects high school basketball it's just a few cocktails at happy hour it's just a few cocktails at happy hour Good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm just gonna hang on, okay? It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. 
After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. So this debate around whether Tennessee high school basketball should have should or should not have a shot clock has been going on for years, it's really as far back as I can remember, Tyler. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's something that people have clamored for for even longer. Uh, but there's a whole number of issues that come with it, and installation of shot clocks and somebody to run it that seem to be uh, keeping us from having that. But you've got a uh, an interesting story that happened in Oklahoma that uh, maybe makes the case for a shot clock. You want to tell the people what what that is? Yeah. Uh, from my native state, you know, I've still got a lot of people on Twitter that uh, pop up with with news from that that scene, and um, you know, two really good programs from a uh, the four A class there, which is two below the largest public school class. So you're talking about a pretty big school, uh, two tradition rich programs. Um, that game last night was won by a final score of four to two, and. I think uh, we, you know, this is kind of relevant because we asked CPA coach Kevin Maggard about this last week, and it does come up every year. There's somebody that talks about it every year in probably every state mm-hmm. that doesn't have a shot clock. Uh, it's going to benefit some teams, it's going to hurt some other teams, and obviously there's the logistics of hiring somebody and buying the shot clock. Uh, so there's there's a debate. I feel like everybody I talk to, the majority wants it, but – I just found that interesting as kind of, you know, that could be that type of a game could be a breaking point for some states. You know, do you want this to become a trend? Because the losing team in that game last week had a three to win it. They there was a attempt. There was a three attempt to win the game. So the strategy actually worked. And (laughs) but I mean, how far do you want to take this thing? Uh, Uh, You know, and this is a legendary coach on the losing end of this game, an old school coach and uh, and pro- and just a very you know I I can see I know him and I can see his thinking you know if we just hold the ball we're gonna have a chance to win <laughs> it actually happened but I some people are posting the stats now and uh you know time lapses of the possession so I'm gonna read the stats off uh, there were eight total field goals taken uh, I mean there's not a whole lot of other stats to speak of um, one player scored all four points for the winning team. <laughs> there were a total of six rebounds. Um, and then two of the points scored were off free throws. So I guess it's just, I don't know what the point of this is bringing it up. I guess it's just Tennessee. This is the bottom. It's hilarious. If, you, if you want to get here and there's, we talked to Matthew about how, you know, there's teams only in middle Tennessee that won't come play him, you know, hats off to a team like MTCS who is going to not do that. They're not going to hold. They could. They could hold right. the ball and create that type of game. But you're not really. I don't know that we're seeing a whole lot of these in Tennessee, Russell. I don't have you. I haven't seen anything that's been you know, quite this dramatic. See, no. I mean, you see your fair share of scores in the 40s, the 30s. Sometimes maybe a poor team will get held to like the 20s. But man, that I just wonder it too, Tyler. At what point? <laughs> I mean, that can't be fun for any of the players involved in that game. At what point? did some kid consider just going rogue and just going for a layup or, or, or cranking a three? Like I can't imagine an hour long game and maybe it was quicker than an hour if they just held the ball, but I cannot imagine an entire game passing me by without even attempting a shot or even trying to score. Like that has to just be miserable. 
and and miserable for the fans that paid to get in there too. Like you're not interested in selling any tickets if you're if you're okay with a four to two game. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is just the the players. You know, they ought to get to play, and obviously you can stall around a little bit within the rules and and do yourself your team some favors to to win, which is another objective. But the ultimate objective is play the game these are kids uh experiences are good i'm not sure this creates a good experience for them there's a million reasons why it's terrible uh, uh let's just hope it doesn't quite get that low here before the change is made but another great example of why this should probably be something high school should probably go the way of everybody else and have a shot clock in my in my humble opinion so what we learned today tyler is that teams should indeed show up for games they should try to score and there probably needs to be a shot clock to hold it all accountable. Yeah, teams should show up and they should try to score. Those are pretty basic uh, <laughs> asks for the for sports. It it took us some, uh, a twenty nine minute show to get those points across. If you know, if you didn't take away anything else, then maybe that's that's at least something we can hang our hat on here. But right, so we're all out of time. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Before we go, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. We will see you next time on Main Street Preps this week.